this People up here, they get me nervous I wanna go deeper I'm getting tired Alright, it's time for another Root Issues Podcast Hey, this is Chris and I'm here in the booth today with Mr. Luke Hey, I'm back It's been a while it has been a while. Yeah, this is a special edition. We're just going to hear about Luke's life today and just grill him and question him as he's traveled to how many countries in how many months? Seven, two months. Seven and two months. That's pretty fast. That's pretty <laughs> fast. I would say, you know, his spirit might not have caught up with him yet, you know, because traveling <laughs> that true. fast is pretty rough. But hey, welcome, welcome, welcome. We're going to jump in. Steve had to step out of town today and Miss Lauren had a project and I forgot to include Alyssa in the text, and so, Alyssa, if you listen to this, I'm so sorry. You probably could have been here. You were invited, just not. Yeah, I just totally, ah, you know, well, she's been out of town a lot, too, and family and shopping for wedding dresses, but hey, we are jumping in. We're still in the series, Living in Christ with a Heavenly Places Perspective, as we continue just to kind of seep out and get every inch and every bite that Ephesians has for us. Today, the title we're going to be looking at is What We Must Know. Now, there's a lot of things we think we need to know. And I mean, in 23 years of youth ministries, I think there's been a thousand things that I thought, I got to know that, I got to know that, I got to know that. I got to teach that. I got to teach that. So I got to know that. So I got to <laughs> teach that. I got to know that. But then it really, you know, as, as of age and, you know, and, and definitely dependence on the Holy Spirit it was like, I don't need to know that. I don't need to read that book. I mean, I could read that book, and that would be beneficial. But if I had a student in crisis or if I had something that came up, I learned and realized, wow, I can lean in on the Holy Spirit. I can lean in on God and then trust their guidance through that situation. And because, that's, that's what I love about yeah. the name Root Issues, right? Because it's, yeah. it's what is the root of what do we need to know, what yeah. do we not need to know, and you know, what are the root problems and also the root promises. And Yes, absolutely, like the so, root. And so, yeah, I mean, once upon a time, man, I thought I had to know Everything that a student, a child could go through. That's a lot of stuff. And then the Holy Spirit just enlightened me that my relationship with him will guide me. Mm -hmm. So today we're going to be looking at what we need to know. Hey, we're going to be jumping into Ephesians 1, chapter 1. We're still in chapter 1, but we are going to be taking a big chunk. This is kind of Paul's prayer for the church of Ephesus. And it occurs in verses 15 through 23. And I'm just going to have Mr. Luke read that. I read it earlier, and I was like, I don't like the way <laughs> I read it. voice might be fading. We'll see. Yeah, you know. All right. Ephesians 1, 15 through 23. Thanksgiving and prayer. For this reason, because I have not heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and your love toward all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that God, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe? According to the working of his great might, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand of the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him as and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. I mean, that's awesome. That's quite I the do, prayer. Yeah, I do just love listening to somebody else read the Bible. Yeah. You know, 
Yeah, that that's awe inspiring. And so we're going to kind of break that down. But we're going to quick, 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 quick question. Yeah, 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 quick question. Yeah. Uh, when I read in uh-huh. front of people, uh-huh. I'm kind of like focusing on reading. Yeah. And I feel like when I listen to other people read, that's when I really can gain more mm-hmm. of the. That's when I write stuff down, think yeah. about it, highlight totally. stuff. Totally, yeah. No, like, yeah, like when you're able to listen, now your brain isn't even trying to process, you yeah. know. And so, yeah. But then there's also memorizing it, and that's the next well, level of, like, yeah. so there's all these different ways. Well, I mean, you know, for me, you know, just if we're going to go on a rabbit trail, you know, I'm an audibler. Yeah, I audible same. a lot. Audibling. That's my word. I'm audibling. It's a verb. <laughs> it's I'm a listening verb. to a book on audible. I'm audibling. audible And... You know, I will typically listen to books first, maybe a couple times, and then if it is a book that I feel like I really need to ingest, then I go get the digital Kindle version, mm. and then I can read, I can have the audible play and syncs and everything. And so, yeah, I mean, different people learn different ways. Yeah. I just took a 20-question test on how do you learn, and it was like, you're an auditory learner. I was like, awesome. Nice. Yeah. So three things we must know. I mean, we're going to just kind of jump in here and whittle these down. The first one that Steve kind of brought up was this. The Father has saved me and given me eternal life through Jesus. It's a big one. I mean, it is. I mean, and so let's just jump in there now. Put you on the spot. Yeah. Have you ever doubted your salvation? Yes. Okay, tell me about that. So... I've done it multiple times, and usually when it happens, I mean, so I was raised in the faith, right? I grew uh-huh. up, I always knew or understood as God, Jesus is real. Yeah. But there's been moments and little moments in my life. There's never been a time where I doubted my salvation for, let's say, a year, and I just went off on, you know, absolute, you yeah. know, uh, heathenism. <laughs> I don't know what the word is. Um, but there's moments where I, like, stop and, like, wait. What if what I'm doing right now doesn't matter? What if what I've been doing my whole life doesn't matter? What if God's not real? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that doubt creeps in your mind quickly and you and you stop, you think. But then the beautiful thing is like you start processing and you start thinking back and all the promises of God and how he's worked through your life. And it, it does just bring you back and bring a revelation. Like sometimes it almost brings tears to my eyes um, of how much God has done. And then it's almost like that doubt came in, but it almost strengthens your faith after you think about it and process yeah. it. Um, so I'd say that's it for me. I think a lot of people doubt because they want to. They don't want it to be true, so they find ways and mm-hmm. questions they don't want to try to answer because they do want to doubt and they don't want to live in a reality. Yeah. Um, but I'm all about finding truth and even if it's inconvenient, you know, figuring yeah. out what that means and how to apply it to life. But Yeah. No, totally. Like, I mean, you know, that's interesting, you know, because, I mean, I am, I'm one of those guys that's over in the other sphere, probably. Like, once I came to a full knowledge of Jesus, full understanding of what he did, and I mean, I grew up in the church, but I pretty much just ignored it, you know, and did whatever I wanted to do with my life. But it was in college the second time, and everybody's like, the second time. I'm like, yeah, I went to college twice. Yeah, I needed more. And the second time, that's when I really had that conversion moment. Like, God moved into my life freaked me out. I called my brother, and I'm like, dude, weird things are happening. And he's like, just relax. God's got you by the collar, and I don't think he's going to let you go this time. <laughs> you know? And it's then it was, Paul. yeah, you know, it was like, boom, like, okay, you know? And so, and I've never, ever, ever, like, doubted my salvation. You know, I understand, like, my sins are forgiven. My heart wants to live more like him and be pleasing to him. So I try to make the right decisions and try to do the right things. I still have things that hiccup me and stumble me. 
but I understood and have always understood I'm saved. Like, you know, it doesn't matter, you know, if I just had a very atrocious, bad moment with my family and I walked outside in a huff and puff state carrying the trash to the dumpster and got smacked by a raft of bus. Even though the last situation that I experienced with my family was horrific and I was a like kind of not the smartest, nicest guy, I don't question, like, would I see Jesus on the other side? Yeah. Because of that experience, because I know that he's covering that. Have you ever, so you... God can't like God made himself real to you. Yeah. Did you ever doubt the existence of God after that? No, I've never doubted the existence of God. Okay, after and that, that doesn't let you doubt yeah. the salvation of it either. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You know, and so it's like a two in one package. Yeah. Like everything's all bundled in there. I mean, I was hanging out with, um, like even I was hanging out with your brother yesterday, Jonah. And I, I told him, I was like, man, you know, like, if, if there was ever that doubt, if it wasn't all real, I would rather live this way than live the way I lived in the past. Yeah. Like I would just, I would choose this. This is a much nicer Chris. This is a, a Chris who never has trouble going to sleep. This is a Chris who lives in peace with this hope, you know, yeah. you know, and you know, and I had experiences with not having hope and maybe not being able to go to sleep. I've never really known depression, you know, mm-hmm. because I grew up in the eighties, you know, it was the Rocky <laughs> series. <laughs> I know it was like, you're going to overcome like, you know, next time Rocky, next time, you know, you know, and, and the Rocky movies were really a major motivator for how I lived my life. And so it was always like, okay, I get to the top, but I'll get knocked down, but I'm going to climb to the top again. You know, mm-hmm. I just have to wait for the next movie to come out. Yeah. What do you think about like Pascal's wager? I think it's called where, you know, it's people saying of like, you know, even if God's not real, I would rather live this life yeah. than not. And if, you know, if I'm right, then amazing. But if you're wrong, then, well, you know, yeah, terrible. Yeah, totally. And I mean, I don't even put it on that wager, you know, like I just know he is real. But if you were to wipe all that clear, I would still choose this life, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's you know, for me, it's not so much of a wager because I'm like I'm a certain and for sure. And so much of it is just like you mentioned, like – Going back to the testimony. So, like, if you're a person, like, who maybe struggles with this first thing, like, you know, the Father has saved me, saved you, given you eternal life through Jesus. I mean, can you go back and just account for the testimonies in your life? Mm. You know, and you start seeing God's weaving plan and how he moves and orchestrates everything. And whether you're lining up with him or not, he's still working. Yeah. In your behalf. I love how Steve phrased it. Like we can see with our heart. Yes. And we can't deny that. Yeah. Like the, not just the emotions, but the realities of what our heart knows to be true. Like the laws written on our heart and all Mm -hmm. that stuff of like, you know, morality and everything just ties together into, it's undeniable. It's, you know, even that people that don't believe. Yeah. Well, believe still act on that. Totally. And I mean, yeah, like the, the written on my heart is where the salvation occurred you know, and I've always been, a, you know, a head thinker, but I'm always a follower of my heart, you know. Yeah. And so, like, yeah, like, you know, my emotions used to lead, but they don't lead anymore. But yet I still follow that heart. Like, man, I just have a compelling desire to be close to God, to be close to Jesus and close to the Holy Spirit. And so, but so much of that is now, you know, I can look back at the testimonies of my life and see his hand working through there. Mm. You know, and so, yeah, I love that you were saying, like, I can just look back. Yeah. And like, I know. And then if you go to the Old Testament, it's like all over the place. Remember what I've done. Remember what I've done. Hey, put some stones there. Why? So then when your children ask, why are there stones there? Oh, well, this is where we crossed the Jordan and carried the Ark of the Covenant on dry land as we entered into the promised land. 
you know, I, mean, I don't know how many times it says, you know, did yeah. I, you know, bring you from the Egyptians or save you from yeah. the Egyptians? But yeah, yeah, we're so e- it's so easy to all these things happen, like especially the Israelites, they're yeah. following a cloud and fire in the sky. Yeah, and you know, Moses is hitting rocks, water's coming out, birds are falling from the sky, bread's falling from the sky, sea yeah. parts, and they still worship idols, right? So yeah. it's just that we we often give them a lot of crap for doing that, but yeah. That's what we do all the time as well. Yeah, that's what we do all the time as well. And so it is. It's like when you can keep that remembrance of what God has done. You know, I mean, the whole Exodus story is the salvation story. Yeah. Like God is going to save and redeem his people. And the life that they're living is now a life that is totally dependent upon him. Mm. I mean, you know, I mean, there's, you know, accounts and thoughts given to the fact that, you know, for 40 years they wandered in the desert. For 40 years they were on movement. And, you know, their clothes didn't wear out. You know, like God is providing and protecting all the way from, hey, go pick up your breakfast off the ground in the morning. No, there won't be any sand on it. You don't need to wipe it off. It's going to be good. And then, hey, tonight, let's get some let's get some bird off the ground that just fell out of the sky. Yeah. You know? And so, yeah, there is this incredible concept of when you think back on your testimonies, when you, tr- when you listen and see what God is doing in and around your heart, to draw him closer to you, then you can come to this place where he has saved me, Mm. you know, and it is like, yeah, like doubt is so prevalent right now and you have to not, you know, banish the doubt, but you have to say, you know what? I need to go back and reflect. I need to go back and look at what he's done. And those, those testimonies will scream that you've been saved. What would you say is the main difference between doubting and questioning? I mean, questioning, like doubting, like uh, doubting, like can kind of lead you to a place of no hope. Questioning can be you're in the maze, but the hope's on the other side. Now you're processing the question. Like I could question like, you know, father, why did my dad die before he met my wife, met my children, you know? Yeah. You know, and I, I could question that, but I'm questioning God, I'm asking God. So I still have this belief in God, and I'm looking to him to show me the answer. I'm so doubting is him. almost denial yeah, and questioning yeah, is seeking. Yeah, I mean, you could say doubting is denial, you know. Some people might confuse doubting with questioning or, like, I'm not really sure what I'm doing anymore and why I'm doing this. Like, yeah. I, I'm wondering, like, is God real? And so when you get to that point, you know, you can't just, like, you know, unleash on him. you got to go, like, okay, so if God wasn't real, how would you live? You know, what's going to guide you? Yeah. You know, you know what created us? I mean, you have to kind of get them thinking again. And then I always point back because I know everybody's got a testimony. And they have to just live in that testimony. They have to remember what God has done. Like the things like there's just no way that could have happened unless something supernatural came in and made it happen. Well, then you're like, okay, then we need to name that unnamed idol that you have in your life and call it God. Yeah. You know, and the then, God. Yeah. And I really do. I think God loves to speak through his testimonies, you know, it's love, all of history, right? It's yeah. his story. That's, yeah. It's that's his story, it you know, and I think he likes to show us, you know, but so there's that questioning aspect. So for me, if I'm questioning God, I'm in the maze with God and it's my maze and I may have created it from my own sin or my own confusion, but I'm asking him for the answers. I've never really experienced doubt. I'm just this true believer kind of guy. Like, okay, it's black and white. Here we go. I truly believe. Yeah. You know. Okay. You know, wow. I'm, I'm just going to be the good soldier. Like, I don't need to know why. Just tell me what to do and I'll do it. You know, but he does tell us why. Yeah. And he shows us the why so not much always in the before testimony. we do it, but. No, uh, not always before you do it. But, you know, <laughs> but if you keep asking the why, like, why did I, why did you have me do this? Then 
he'll show you the dots and how they connect. Yeah. I mean, this kind of leads into our next question. Yeah. But I think when people, you know, doubt when it boils down, I think yeah. most people doubt the goodness of God. Mm-hmm. Um, when, it, you know, all the questions we ask ourselves, that's kind of what it boils down to is like, is yeah. God really good? Does he want the best for me? Yeah. Um, and so what's the danger in doubting God's goodness? I mean, you know, it's like for me, like I have one enemy. Yeah. And that's the thief. That's the thief. It's one enemy. Nobody else, they may be acting out of selfish manipulation. They may be acting out of childish pride, and they may be an adult and still be acting out of childish pride, you know, and just, you know, a lack of selflessness. And they're still not my enemy because everything that's bad, I attribute to the enemy. Yeah. It's just very straightforward. Like, if it's bad, if it's negative, it's coming from the enemy. Yeah, Yeah. if it's fear, like, I... Like I, I don't I don't I don't like to do anything out of fear. Yeah. Like I like to do everything out of a proactive response, a preparedness, a readiness. But you know, fear can't be my motivator. I can't use fear. It's not one of the fruit of the spirits. Love, joy, peace, fear. No. It's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self control. And those are the only things that I feel like we are legally have to operate in. Mm. And I mean so when we fear like fearing God, I think that's, I mean, and even the word fear in that context isn't probably the proper word, essentially, yeah. but the reverence of God, the, mm-hmm. the respect we hold for God, like if that's the only thing you're concerned about, maybe yeah. concern's a better word, Yeah. like if I'm only concerned about what he thinks of me and yeah. all that, then automatically all the other fears dissipate. Dissipate, right. And so not doing something out of fear. And so questioning whether God is good, well, I'm like, that goes against the sacred writings, that goes against everything that I have accepted and said, this is what I put into my nugget of this is where I follow. Mm. And so God has to be good. Now, do bad things happen? Did Jesus promise us trials? Yeah. You know, I live in a free world. I can choose to follow God today or I can choose to go my own way. I'm free, you know. And so that's the same for everybody else. And the manipulation and the deception of the enemy can lead people out of God's goodness and into his destruction. I mean, he only has the method of, op- his method of operation is to kill, steal, and destroy. Yeah. You know, kill, steal, destroy. That's it. Those three things. And then God says, I'm, I came and sent Jesus to give them life to the full. Life to the full is good. Now you got to define life to the full. Like I could say life to the full is 20,000 billion in my bank account so that I never have to worry. Mm-hmm. Well, really, that's just going to make me spoiled. Yeah. And that's not going to give me a, it's not going to grow me and strengthen me. But yet me knowing that God is good and he's going to provide keeps me from worrying. Am I trying to I still tithe? I still want to be dutiful with my money. I still want to have finances under, you know, a microscope of, hey, how stewardship. are we spending? Yeah, stewardship, yeah. you know. Great word, stewardship. <laughs> no, but the, so, I mean, yeah. when we look back to Genesis, yeah, really the root, the tree. Yeah. That is... What happened there is Adam and Eve doubted the goodness of God for them. Yep. That was the lie Satan told them of like, does he really want the best for you? Yeah. Like, is he really, you know, he's holding that something he back. And so, I mean, I think in a way, maybe you don't struggle with it. Yeah. But I think humanity, that's what they struggle with of the goodness of God. Yeah. Um, but no one really ever takes into perspective of like, the automatic should look at the world and look, oh, there's there's death and there's, you know, yeah. pain to innocent people. God, if there is a God, then it's not someone I want to follow. Yeah. What would you respond to someone that says that? 
Well, I mean, it's like, you know, it's it's all about perspective. Like, you know, how are you seeing the things that play out in the perspective of, like, who are you issuing the blame to, you know? And, I mean, it's like you can't get there from here unless you accept we're free. Yeah. We're free, you know? For this time and this place, the church is corrupt. The church can be messed up. The church can be the most beautiful example of Jesus' body in action, serving and caring for people. Mm-hmm. Or it can be like something that you're like, whoa, that's a little messed up, you know. And so it's all about perspective. Until Jesus returns, we're not going to have perfection. We don't get back to the garden. I mean, the whole journey from Genesis to Revelation is how do we get back to the garden and to yeah. that perfect relationship with God? Yeah. And so, you know, it's all about perspective. And so we yeah. can even just look at ourselves. Oh, well, yeah. Like, okay, well, if God is so good. Why does he allow bad things to happen? Well, look at us, especially people listening to this podcast. Look at the resources you have, the time you have, the ability to help people you have. Do we choose to do that? Yeah. Most of, a lot of, oftentimes we don't. Yeah. So really when we boil it ourselves down, you know, like if God was to eliminate death and, you know, sin from the world, yeah. we're not excluded from that yeah. equation. Like, yeah. we're all doomed in a sense. Yeah, well, we're, we're all born into that sin and then we're given the freedom to follow Christ and have a relationship with God through Jesus' work, through his grace and through his blood. And so for me, it's like, yeah, like God is good. Like, that has to be my staple. If I ever get on the slippery slope of whether God is good, then now I'm questioning everything. Yeah. Like, why did that happen? You know, or, you know, I mean, I had friends who are like, God loves me so much. Look at that parking spot. And I'm like, yeah, bro, take it. You know, God gave that to you. You know, really? No, but maybe, yes, who knows? But that's their perception. That's how they're seeing the life. They're seeing the story. Now, I've never been with them in the car when there wasn't the closest parking spot. And they were, you know, at that point, like questioning God, (laughs) cursing God, like, God, where's my parking spot? You know, why have you forsaken me? And I I feel like their maturity was there, but it, you know, it can become that inside joke of just like, uh, just look how much God loves me. Yeah. You know, but I would rather tell myself that in my story. Yeah. You know, than think like, ah, I'm on my own. I got to find a parking spot. You know, I'm on my own. I've got to figure out how I'm going to cover all of these expenses. I'm on my own. I've got to figure out how I'm going to protect my family. I'm on my own. I got to figure out how I lead my children to love God. That's a huge thing that I've perceived over the past few months traveling. Mm -hmm. It's been, we've talked about this before, but I'm kind of a control freak. You know, the more control I can have, the more comfortable I feel. Yes. The more stuff that I can, you know, manage and that I have control over. Mm -hmm. But I've been in a lot of experiences lately where there's no way that I can gain control. Yeah. There's just, it's impossible. And so when you're forced to take a backseat and you're forced to trust in God for him to deliver you or deliver someone else in a situation, that's where you can really start, you know, I I guess building your faith um, and confidence in, I don't need to worry about all this stuff. Like it's, if I give it to God, it's going to go better than I could ever manage it mm-hmm. or control it. So, yeah, that's been really cool. You know, and I live on that op- opposite side of the spectrum. You know, I control what I can control. Yeah. You well, know, God I, gives us things to yeah, control. Yeah. But the things I can't control, I mean, I'm very clear on that. I'm yeah. not going to worry about it. I'm not going to fret over it. I'm not going to try to control it. I almost live in the perception of that I am not in control. I'm in control of me. He's given me a spirit of self-control. self-control yeah. And in that, I can be prepared. I can get things done ahead of time or I can crush them all into the last minute and be a stress monger. But, you know, I have the freedom 
to do that. And so, you know, I kind of live more on like, I'd rather be a day or two ahead. I'd rather be, you know, advancing and not retreating and, you know, not circling the wagons like, oh my gosh, we got to get this done, you know, and that's a major request from my sweet wife. Uh, You know, she's like, yes, you can go to that camp, but we cannot deal with the stress of two weeks before that camp, you're trying to get everything done so you can leave. And I'm like, okay, hey, I'm working on that. Like, you know, if I've got things that take me away from my work here to go work somewhere else, well, I still got to do all my work here. Yeah. You know, and so sometimes that would always compound. So the father's all powerful and authority. I think authority and control maybe kind of play together a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, Totally. But kind of like what, like, okay, it says he's given us authority. Yeah. What do we have authority over? Well, Besides ourselves. Yeah. Well, let's just, let's, let's, let's make sure we keep our listeners with us. This is, this is the statement the three, yeah. number three, where Steve put out there, the father is all powerful and has secured me a place of authority with Jesus. Okay. So, I mean, it's like, you know, what authority do I have? I have his name. I mean, I see that all through scripture, all through the new Testament, even in the prophetic in the old Testament, you know, just the name of Jesus is so powerful because every Thing that wishes to oppose Jesus knows that name. And they know that they've been called to submission under that name. And when does image they see Jesus in us? I mean, if we have Jesus. Just, well, I mean, the image of Jesus in me is me trusting in him. Yeah. Like I'm, you know, it gets back to that old image of I'm the little mouse and there's a giant elephant behind me and the tiger is now in recess and backing away. Mm. I mean, you know, what does James tell us? You know, re- resist the devil and he must flee. You know, draw close to me, right? Like, we're supposed to draw close to God, and our relationship with God is that authority. And so I've got to have a relationship with him. Like, I can't not know him. So we go all the way back to the first step. Like, I need to know that my salvation is secure and eternal. I've got that. So you're saying working for that. Now I'm going to say that God is good and he is what I want to draw to. And as I draw closer to him in relationship, now I am operating more on his authority. Mm. So our authority is knowing and who has the authority. Well, absolutely. Almost someone like asking like, you can't do that. I'm like, do you know my dad? Yeah. No, totally. (laughs) I mean, you know, it's like, do you know my dad? I mean, Megan Woodrow, first lock-in we ever had at Crossroads Church. And we had a leader's area in the office area, and that door was locked. And only my leaders had the keys. And Megan's like, I'm going to go in there. I'm like, no, you can't go in there. That's just for the leaders for the lock-in. And she's like, my daddy's your boss. (laughs) You know? (laughs) And so there was this, like, little fifth-grade child who's telling me, my daddy's your boss. I can go into his office area. And I'm like, no, that's where we've got all the frappuccinos and the coffee and the sodas to keep us as adults awake to watch you fall asleep. You know? Yeah. And so, yeah, but, I mean, it is. It's do you know your daddy? Mm. And so do you know your daddy's giving you salvation? You don't earn it. You don't work for it. It's not about perfection. On your part, it's about the perfection of Jesus Christ. Do you know that he is good? And that's why he provided a way that you might have a relationship with him through his own son, Jesus Christ, through his blood, through his grace given to us. Then if if he's going to give us salvation, if he's going to give us the understanding that he is good, is he going to then say, no, 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 small children, you have no authority? Yeah. Or is he going to give us authority too? Yeah. No, I mean, he gives us place. I, I wrote this down from another sermon, but it kind of plays into this. He gives us place, purpose, provision, identity, and parameters. Yeah. Just like a good parent would. Yeah. Um, so that's, and, and I would identify those as like that's the God the Father role. Like yeah. when you look at the Old Testament, when you look at what does God give people, he gives them provision, protection, identity. He gives you that, you know. 
And then Jesus gives us companionship, that friendship, grace, (laughs) right? Like he is that brother who gave it all for us. And then the Holy Spirit is there to comfort, to teach, to guide. And so, you know, they each have a role they play in our life. Um, But when, when, when you look at like, is God all powerful? Well, then that's where the question comes in. Like, well, if he's all powerful, why did he let this happen? One of my daughters really struggled in COVID. Like she cried herself to sleep every night because she was like, you know, like there's so many people dying, and if God just wanted to, He could make it go away. Yeah, you know. And I had to encourage her, like, well, that's where we pray for people. That's where we take our authority and apply it to God's authority, and we show Him that we're in unity with Him. Like, you know, you you can get into the question mark: Did He create it? Did He? do that to bring discipline to the world did he do that to give us a wake-up call you know those are big questions you know and i'm like i don't know if i'm gonna know the answers to though on this side of eternity but on this side of eternity i can say that god is good and i think when we zoom out from this whole message as far as we can that is the overarching thing of what do we need to know we need to know that god is good yeah and once we know that everything stems from that yeah and that's what you put your trust in. That's what you put your hope in. Because if your hope is in that God is good, then he is for you. Yeah. Now, last thing, like I was, you know, Samuel was having a, kind of this rough time, you know, and I could tell he was having a rough time. The kids are all going upstairs to bed. And I was like, hey, Samuel, why don't you just hunker down with me on this chair? I got to talk to you, man. Like, what's going on? Well, you know, it's got this and that, that, and that's going on. I was like, hey, Samuel, listen, the story I tell myself, like, The whole world could be booing Chris Henderson. But the story I tell myself is I'm my biggest cheerleader. Like, I am for me. And I get that because I know that God is for me, especially if I'm living and working in his plan. If I'm doing what God's asking me to do, then I know he is for me. And so it's like you've got to ask yourself, like, I have authority because God is for me. That authority doesn't stem from me. It stems from Jesus. I have an understanding that God is good. He is for me. I have an understanding that I don't earn my salvation. I don't work for it. I don't do the right things to get it, to keep it, to have it. It was just given to me. And so there I have to be a receiver and know that God is for me, and that's why he gave it to me. That's awesome. And bottom line, God is good. All the time? All the time. God is good. God is good. All right. Well, hey, we thank you for joining Luke and I today in this Root Issues podcast. We hope this has made you think a little bit about, like, what is your perception of God and how do you see these three things in perspective to your relationship with him? If you ever want to reach out and touch us, you can reach us at rootissues at ccaspen.com. Thanks so much for tuning in and have a blessed week. Surface